Hello everyone, this is Mike Cisneros and I'd like to welcome you to Cincy Brewcast. I'm joined today by the gnarly gnome. Hello gnome. Hello. Tina is uh, Tina Cisneros, one of our uh, panelists, is off being gainfully employed. And I would be remiss uh, at the beginning of the program if I didn't mention that uh, one of our co-hosts uh, that joined us on the first program, Chris Camboris, is taking a leave of absence from the show. We certainly hope that uh, things that uh, he's working through right now go well for him and that he's back on the brewcast very soon. We are in the midst actually starting our very first what we want to call road game our first road show if you will we have come to dogberry brewing on cincinnati dayton road in westchester and we are joined by chris freedy and tony meyer the founders and the brew masters gentlemen good afternoon and welcome to the brewcast good afternoon good afternoon now what we have to do always first that we do in the beginning is we have a tasting uh, and we have been kindly provided with a selection of the Dogberry beers. Uh, but first, before I go, before we do that, I want to mention that we are broadcasting live. So any and all of you out there who are watching via the Periscope app on your iPhone or your other Apple device, we'd like to welcome you. If this works well and it gets a good response, and I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, uh, we will definitely be doing more of this kind of thing. We will be tweeting out links to the app, and also we will be tweeting and putting on Facebook and the rest of our social media platforms the dates and times that we will be broadcasting live over Periscope. So once again, everybody out there on Periscope, welcome. and. We're going to go into the beer fridge right now, and really, instead of calling it into the beer fridge, it's going to be off the tap, uh, so graciously provided by the folks at Dogberry Brewing. We have five beers. I was almost the second I walked in, I was asked if I wanted a beer, and I picked the, uh, it is the Maiden Flight Rye IPA. So we've got that in front of us. Uh, Noam, you have the Amber, I believe it is. The red number 14. The red number 14, which is uh, amber, yes. And then we selected um, four of the beers on flight. Uh, the Hooked Leg ESB. I'm a huge ESB fan. Uh, the Hop Springs Eternal Red IPA. The On the Isle Kolsch, which I'm told is uh, hopped in more of an American style, so maybe it'll, it'll be a little bit more interesting than your everyday run-of-the-mill Kolsch that, that I've had and really don't like. And finally, uh, the big Dippa double IPA. Uh, I've already had about half of this uh, maiden flight. You say it's your favorite, Gnome. I, I like it a lot, too. Uh, I like the dryness and the crisp, crispness to it. Uh, a little a little undercarbonated for my taste, but I like fizzy beers, so I don't know what I, you know, I don't know what, whether I'm wrong about that or if that's something that we can talk to these guys about in a minute and see what, what they think about the carbonation level of it, but overall, taste-wise, it's very good. You, well, I, you, like, I, you say I, you like this one. I and didn't I, say and this I, one's your favorite. I, I wish I had it sitting in front of me to taste with you right now, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I well, the, the hops, the hops is what I love. I, I absolutely love the, the the hop flavor on that one. Which um, uh, I can't remember what that's hopped with. Is that Falconer's Flight? Yeah, is that Falconer's right? Flight is the main one. In um, the, I, I that's that's my favorite part about it. It's um, 
and then you get that. It's that, uh, that, that, that it's not ma- it's not it's not and mangy. peppery from yeah. the rye, which is one of the reasons I'm a big rye. I, mean, yeah. I love rye bread. Anything you serve with rye, I love. Uh, God, I go crazy over those rye pretzels. Oh. Yeah, those dark rye pretzels. Nice. So, I, I, and and I can, I can imagine that would be a great thing to have with this. Uh, and it's, uh, but it's tasty. It's got great lacing. Uh, it's, um, I'd say slightly hazy, but certainly not uh, un, you know, unthought of for a beer of this of this kind. Check out so. the one you just got there. It's a little clearer, I would say. Yeah, it's still it, hazy, but. It, it's not in your face rye, which you know a lot of people yeah. make these rye IPAs or rye PAs that it's just they just smack you with this rye to say, hey, look what we put in here, and it's you don't have to do that. It's balanced. It's it still has that nice hop flavor. It's 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 delicious. I love it. Tell me about the amber. The amber is another really really interesting one because it's not an amber. It's um, well, I mean, if anybody's watching live, which they're not. <laughs> now look, you're but, not supposed to say but, that. But in later, the broadcasting business, we're supposed yeah. to imagine there are millions of people out there watching. But so. later, we may have this posted on the website or something along those lines, so people can watch it. But it's cool. it's not an amber in color. It's not an amber in right. flavor. It's its own it, its own beast. It's it, it starts out like a Kolsch and it finishes like an amber. It's it's it's. Uh, it's really easy drinking, and I, I, I really appreciate that on a day like today where yeah. you just want to sit in the sun and that was the inspiration. drink a whole bunch of beer. This time of year, it was for opening day. Yeah, um, you always have it ready for opening day. Yeah, we probably made it two years, three years ago. Now, when's it going to be on top at the ballpark? <laughs> <laughs> Yet to be determined. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, we, that's a whole that's a whole other discussion. As a matter of fact, because uh, I was down there Monday on opening day, mm-hmm. and I was I, I work a little bit behind the scenes down there, so I'm able to go in the back and go through the Champions Club, and 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 of course I took a l- good long hard look at the uh, brewery district. It's they haven't really changed anything. They've added a couple of things, <laughs> but all of the all, everything that you got last year. You can get this year with the with the addition of a couple of uh, with, a, with the addition of a Braxton beer and the addition of a Listerman's beer, and and I think that's unfortunate. It's uh, it's actually interesting to note that there are less craft tap handles this year than there were last year, overall. Right. Which I don't know how much of that is because of you know I think we talked about it last show the uh, self serve stations and. Somebody paid for them, and yeah. oh, what yes. does that we mean? Know who paid for them. But there are less, there are less craft handles definitely than there were last year. So, but the fact that they just didn't maybe go around and put on something, you know, from Old Firehouse or from here and from a few of the other places, a little disappointing. But they've got their reality too that they've got to deal with. I took a sip of the ESB, a little bit higher carbonation rate, uh, a, a, a darkish, good solid color though. Uh, and exactly kind of, you know, exactly the, almost a style and exactly like I like it. Just nice and smooth and clean and, and, and delicious. Almost a little, a little bready from that, from that yeah. malt. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. solid malt characteristics. Love it. Now on to the, this is the, uh, Hop Springs Eternal Red IPA. Very, very creamy. 
kind of a, a fruity nose, citrusy nose. They're really fruity. It's my favorite so far. I like red IPAs. I like all IPAs, but I like red ones. This one's really, really tasty. This is my favorite so far. A little bit more, a little bit more carbonated, which I, which I tend to prefer in a beer. Uh, we yeah, tasted, um, we tasted another red, red IPA a couple weeks ago that I, I, I think pales in comparison to this. It was almost. What was yeah. that? I wish I'd write well, that I, stuff I'm down. Really, I really remember. don't want to name names, but <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, the red hop mess. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. It's good, but when you look at it compared to this, it's it's its own. That's you know styles. I I I don't think you know. It's a shame we don't have the ETR available. This right one, <laughs> this one, as compared to the Red Hot Mess, um, I, this is almost this is almost going to sound like an, an insult, but the Red Hot Mess tastes like it was brewed in a big place in a big brewery, you know. With lots of people, you know, standing over it, and this one tastes like it was made by human hands. By a couple of by a couple by a couple of guys who loved who loved to do it. You know, there's at, at, in one place they may be following a recipe and wanting to get it right. You know, and I'm you know you guys are too, but but it just tastes like it's got more. It's closer to it. Maybe it's closer to the earth if if you want to say that, or or, or you know. I, I just, it's got more character. Right. I think it's got more character. Uh, now, here we go with the Kolsch, the uh, on the aisle Kolsch. Let's see if we can change your mind here. <laughs> just looking at it, I think it's. Well, I'll tell you, I like it a hell of a lot more than. It's pretty. <laughs> you know, I mean, Mad Tree's got a Kolsch, which people really, really like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not me. Uh, <laughs> A uh, couple other places that I've been have them. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know necessarily because I don't order them because I just don't really particularly right. like. Not, not your style. But of beer. this one, again, like you said, I think it's the hop. It's it's the American hop profile that makes the difference. American style hopping mm-hmm. that you guys are doing really makes a difference. I think it's you know with you know what you guys are doing here. You, you you've always called it a hop forward kind of style, but. I think that scares people off when they hear that, and you gotta try stuff like this and see that yes, this is a this is a hoppy beer. It's it's got that that big hop character, but it's it's so well done in the beer. It um, we it, feel it, that it, it's it's hop forward, but it's not like overpowering to where it'll just ruin your palate for the next beer. Like you know, we the buzzword is balance, but. Um, I, I, I like hate, I hate that, using the word balance, but that's exactly like that it's exactly flavor, what it is. But then you like it to smooth out with yeah. the other part I of the beer. I think something else that you'll find in, in something that I think Mike was talking about with with some of the, the balance and the more the, the earthiness, or the hardiness of the beers. Maris Otter is the base malt for ninety nine percent of our uh-huh. beers, um, so you get a little more of that nutty, roasty kind of thicker background and, and sort of can offset some of that harsher bitterness that you may get in, in some American two world okay. beers. Okay, because I'm I'm kind of still learning this. Yeah. Okay. I will tell you one thing. <laughs> the look of it and the color of it, kind of a pale gold, hazy, almost almost really like a like a like a wheat, like a like an unfiltered wheat mm-hmm. uh, is the color, but uh, the taste is is 
much different than that well, and I think superb. I was talking about how much that, that red makes me want to just sit out in the sun and drink it. Well, just looking at mm-hmm. this makes mm-hmm. me want to. Makes me want to just oh, yeah. now, sit out the, in the patio. What's the <laughs> alcohol on that? Uh, That's actually pretty high for that style. It's, it's checking in, I think. Six and a six half. Because usually yeah. the cultures like to come in around four, four and a half. Right. Again, and something that Noam and I have talked about, and Chris has, I'm sure, talked with him about it. We styles are we, we have to put the style up there of the beer so that people know roughly what they're getting into. We don't brew to style parameters. We we take a beer, take an idea, and make what we want out of it. And I, I, I'm a big person that actually I don't mind. I don't mind brewers trying to do what they want to do, but every once in a while, I consider it almost like a final, you know, like a final exam or a test. I think we have this gonna, argument. Yeah, a couple if you're weeks gonna ago. if you're gonna if you're gonna brew if you're gonna brew something that you're gonna call an oatmeal stout or a Kolsch or, or what have you, you know, it bet, it should be in the ballpark. Yeah. I mean, and I've had so many different things that people have. You know, different breweries have come down the line and tried to brew and say, "Oh, well, this is an oatmeal stout." Well, not really, because it sure doesn't taste like an oatmeal stout. No, you know, you whether the hop rate is too high or it's the wrong malt or it's the it's it, it just so that you know, and, and that's just I don't know, that's just me. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, so but and now the double IPA, which. This one's fun to me because it, it shows that how you can have a hoppy beer that's not not going well, to slap somebody in the face. Yeah, and again, it's not it's it's not you know over the top. It's not ridiculous. Uh, it's going to come in at nine uh, as far as the ABV is concerned. And uh, but it's just it goes down real easy. I mean, it's kind of a dangerous beer because yes. uh, yes, it goes it down real easy. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and, and, and just got a really smooth yeah. taste, great lacing again, um, uh, color um, uh, a golden a golden brown I would say maybe like the uh, like a, a, a well done biscuit, and um, like a well done biscuit, you know, fruity, <laughs> uh, very fruity uh, like gummy like gum like like fruit gum nose. What, what what's going on in this one? As far as everything, yeah, uh, yeah, galaxy is probably the main thing that, that you're smelling. The main hop that you're smelling there is, is going to be galaxy, um, but there are some more traditional American hops. IPA wise, uh, Cascade is the, is the featured flavoring hop in that beer. Um, we use a lot of uh, a lot of Centennial, and I get I get the sweetness from the galaxy, but it's not overbearing. Uh, like it can be, you know, in some beers that we've talked about in the past. Um, it comes off, you know, kind of fruity and sweet, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which, you know, that's... It, it kind of finishes slightly bitter, because I'm drinking the Sir Griffs, which yeah. is the extra IPA, and it kind of finishes more sweet. It's almost, it's not opposite, that wasn't what we set out to do, but it almost... Right. Gives you a little more. Of a and Noam, you had the Mars Madness, which is a complete departure from we at least what we thought from what we what we had done in the past. But still, and all we hear that it's not obnoxiously bitter. And in fact, it for us like, that would that be, was over the top. Yes. That would be the one. Like my my wife is not a hoppy beer drinker, mm-hmm. but you know she can drink the Stubble IPA and enjoy it. Right. Mars Madness, she probably would have not liked as much because it's right. still it is kind of that. 
a little bit of a punch of that hoppiness yeah. that some people love and some people hate. But I, I don't think anything that's on the board right now, anybody's not going to like. Yeah. I, I think it sits right in that sweet spot with everything on there. Yeah. And that's... We'll, uh, we'll, we'll maybe test that again in a week or two. We have a, a new double coming on that we call in Turning 2. We used uh, American 2-row malt and pounded it with a, uh, a pound of Green Bullet hops at the hour. So it should be, it should be nice and better. One, one barrel got a pound of, of Green Bullet at the hour. So we'll see how that, how that punches people. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that sounds exciting. And it was first word hopped as well. Yeah, with Sriracha Ace. <laughs> First one. So let's let's talk a little bit about the place and about you gentlemen. Uh, you know, you go to the website, you, you see uh, a few buzzwords: stay-at-home dads, uh, do what you do what you know, do what you love. You know what you know. Don't do what you know. Do don't do what you hate. Do what you love. And 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 so just give us a little. For people that don't know, and for people that haven't read some of the press, give us a little idea about you know how all this got started. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I guess the wives the wives think that's a pretty good safe hobby. Yeah. You know, until this happened. Yeah, I mean, um, we we met in a lab. We worked together. Uh, we met in 2000. Worked together for about four years in the same lab. And uh, I moved on to a different lab. Uh, Tony was there for a while longer. Um, six years ago, I started staying home with my uh, now six-year-old daughter, and then I have another daughter after that and one that's older. So it made sense for me and my wife that I stayed home at the time. And then a couple years later, Tony did a similar yeah, thing. four years ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we had always gone out to happy hour after work, uh, tried different beers. I mean, you know, Tony, I would say, introduced me a lot of, you know different beers so you 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 brought him to craft i to some degree yeah to a certain yeah to to some degree like you said but yeah because i'm always (laughs) interested in what the journey is too i mean what yeah i was the kid in high school don't listen mom and dad i was drinking the the sam adams cherry (laughs) stouts everybody else was drinking natty light right right you know that that kind of thing so yeah i I started with it early and fell in love with it early and it was something that I, i never let go of so in all my travels, anywhere I went, I made sure I hit the good beer spots and spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest. So a drink local, drink yeah, drink better beer, right. better flavor. Yeah, Seattle, San Diego, I've done my best to drink all those places mm-hmm. dry over mm-hmm. the years. Sure, right, <laughs> right. And then, you, so you come. Yeah, so then we. Uh, you, so come, then, you come right along then. After, after a lot of the experiences of drinking together, we, uh, I, 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 I kind of knew you know, a little bit of what went into brewing, but I didn't know a lot about it. And I knew through talking when we worked together that he had done brewing over the years. And uh, since we were both staying at home, it afforded us time to, like, about once a week or so, we'd get together and make extract batches on our kitchen stoves. And we'd go back and forth. Uh-huh. And, and then and then how did it, how did it evolve to, you know, which one of you two looked at the other and said, hey, wait a minute, you know, we need to... You know, we need, we we can take this to the next level. We well, can go up. We can go the next. We step. kept making. We kept making more and more beer, and then you know our families became interested. And um, uh, three years ago in October, we had a party where we had friends and family come over, and at that time we we were just uh, bottling. We weren't doing the draft yet. Um, 
and they liked the beer. So, and there were people there who weren't related to us that liked it and asked, they like, didn't have to like it. Right, right. So then, I think that's what gave us the confidence that said, oh, you know, if people are asking for it that don't have to or, you know, don't feel obligated to, then I think maybe we have something. That's, that's, a, fam- that's a familiar theme, yeah. by the way. Yeah. When, when brewers decide that they want to go pro, I guess is the, is the best way to put it, when they, you know, when they start being accepted by people who don't have to tell them, oh yeah, I really like your beer, yeah. like their wife or their father or their the grandfather, you know, their drink own, for yeah, free. Right. neighbors <laughs> that drink for free, yeah. and, and 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 that's something that I've heard a lot. Well, we should start selling this stuff. Yeah. So uh, tell us about tell us about the place. Um, and and what I wanted to ask you in connection with the with the with the questions about the about the the space here is. Do you guys is there a, is there a, is there a clientele you try to brew to? Because I've I've talked to some brewers just in the short history of this program where they say they're trying to brew to a certain taste. Some are trying to brew to the taste of the general public. Uh, I've talked to some people who who have to brew a certain style of beer because they know that that's the beer that the people that come in there will drink. Uh, you guys don't seem to have that. You seem to just kind of be doing what you want. I, I would say that's that, that's the short version of the way we look at it is, and something I think you may find on our website or somewhere out there says that we're going to brew the beers that we love the way we want to make them, and we'll share them with those that want it. And it's we're not we're not chasing down a, a certain type of clientele. You know, of course we we're, we cover the range. We have a, we have a blonde ale, we have the Kolsch, so we have some of that entry level for craft. But we're really, we're, even those beers, we're making it the way we like to, we like to drink them. So we're not, we're not catering necessarily to any particular uh, group or subgroup of, of beer drinker. It's we're making the beer that we love. And, and making then, beer for oh, beer drinkers. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, and then the space. You're right here on Cincinnati Dayton Road between the Valvoline and the, I guess, Met- Mediterranean Greek restaurant, yeah. whatever yes. that was advertising <laughs> Philly. Fish, yes. which does not sound <laughs> very appealing at all. I don't want to, you know, but uh, but anyway. So uh, you know, what would what did this used to be? You know, when did you come about? I think you've been open. Gnome tells me since about January. January 8th, yeah. Uh, this was originally it was a pet store and a grooming uh, pet grooming place, and over the years it became a comic book store and I think what they call an internet like gaming an internet cafe. gaming type place. Uh, <laughs> So it's kind of online, online gaming. Yeah. But it was, uh, I think it was vacant for six to eight months. And when I would come over to brew at Tony's house, we just saw it was open. Um, you know, we knew it was a good area, good demographics, and we needed a place in order to file for the license. So mm-hmm. kind of just checked in with the little, and t- little flyer. Huh? And, yeah. and, well, and, uh, you know, so, some people, um, uh, I had an interview with, uh, last week that's going to air next week. Uh, through the magic of radio and podcasting, uh, with the guys from Urban Artifact, and they, you know, they had one spa- they had one space in in mind, mm-hmm. and they were actually pursuing, and then ended up where they are now in the old St. Pius X Church. So there's a lot of places, of course, Taft now, uh, you know, a lot of places want to get into a maybe a historic building, or uh, but that 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 wasn't important to you guys. It was just more about about no, this worked getting for us. in a the, the, the neighborhoods right there's there's no, nothing else like this around us. Um, I'm sure somebody's working on somewhere close by. You know, it would it would make sense, but uh, 
there, there was nothing available for the, the people in the neighborhood that way. The demographics made sense for us, and uh, we could afford the building. So that, so, that, yeah, that came it, into it, uh, that's the most important. But it, it, it all works out to me. Like you look at this space is not it's not walk in and it's it's overwhelming like Rheingeist is when you look at you know the, the it's not Taft's Ale House where you sit down and you just you smell money when you're sitting there. You smell how much like it's I this smell my, like money. I smell my money flying <laughs> this, out of the wallet when I it's when I you know this <laughs> is it's it feels like your neighbor's basement where you know somebody that's brewing beer says hey come over and have a beer like that's uh-huh. in that I, I don't I don't know that it was that thought out that that's what it is we but wanted that, it laid back we wanted people to feel comfortable I think something that I don't know which one of us said it that early on is you know from the, the craft beer geek all the way down to the craft beer novice the, the first timer could feel comfortable coming in here and it's not it's not overwhelming uh, it's very simple I think the decor kind of represents who we are um, you know, we're not exactly the same person. We have different interests, but we have a lot of common interests: sports, you know, baseball, you know, Reds in particular. And, and we can showcase, you know, the beer bottles. And, who, who drank and all that beer, by the me. way? That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> and that's that, not all. That, that is my. I mean, that is my dream. I, I when I was 18 years old, yeah. I had all sorts of cans and bottles, and that was my dream right there to have yeah. that. To have that. A cabinet like that filled up with uh, with That's a, 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 a couple of hundred of some of the I guess finest beers in the world, the certainly in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> what was uh, what was what was give, give us a couple of beers that you liked that were inspirations? Oh, everything and anything from Pike Brewing in Seattle is something that that I just I can never get away from. And I know uh, at this point in the, in the stage of the game that Red Hook is in, they're not well revered. Uh, in the craft world right now, but when I started drinking craft beer back in the mid '90s, they were they were a tremendous small brewery, a lot like us. Started in a transmission shop. When I went out to Seattle the first time drinking their beer, they were in the old trolley car barn in Seattle, and that, that's making good quality handcrafted beers, and that's something that I just fell in love with. So Pacific Northwest in general is, is a big drive for me. Uh, I'm, I would echo those. I mean, I I had never. I don't think I'd heard of Red Hook before like we started drinking together, so that was a, a big influence, I think. Um, and I think throughout the years, like Sierra Nevada, um, also uh, some of the stone beers like we tried. Uh, and some of the beers we make were kind of inspired by other beers, you know. I mean, that's kind of how you get ideas for recipes and stuff. And uh, sometimes you just say, hey, I want a flavor. I want, I want this beer to remind me of something like eating chips and salsa uh-huh. or sitting by the campfire having a s'more. And then... You know, we come up with a, a recipe, and and it turned out a lot yeah. like that. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see what beer can remind you of. I mean, that sounds kind of funny, but I, I don't think it sounds funny. At all. <laughs> no, I, 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 I you know, it, it's it, it's true, and it's very similar. You know, a lot of the the um, what are they? The molecular gastronomy yeah. chefs right. and that right. they're, they're out there, and what they're stuff. trying to do is, is is make you have an experience, mm-hmm. or make you remember something that you had when you were a child, or that right. something that you that a taste that you had. So I think that's a really valid reason to brew, to cook, and and I think. I mean, it's as good a starting point. It's a good. Uh, it's as good an inspiration as any. You know, um, tell me. You talk. You touched on Red Hook a little bit. Yeah. Tell me a little something about. I don't know. Do, you, do do guys like you? I think I do. 
being someone who 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 who, who loves craft and who lo- who wants it to be, I guess, kind of pure. Mm-hmm. And I get a little bit upset when you see some of these bigger breweries or breweries that gain a certain measure of success that maybe have lost their way. Do you guys want to talk about that a little bit? Is that something that you think about or, or, or that you even registers to you? I certainly think about it and talk about it, but I think we would both agree that we're not in any danger of losing our way. There's, oh, no. there's no way that we're... Uh, there's no, there's so not we're enough room in the parking lot for the limos when <laughs> 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 they come to make the offer. Uh, I think a better example, more recently, that's probably fresh in people's minds, is the uh, the Elysian uh, merger or buyout by AB. Uh, it's hard to blame a guy like that that's worked his boat off for, mm-hmm. for years and years what? and years. And I'm Dick Cantwell, and I know he was the dissenting vote in the, in the threesome there, but he was sort of a beer hero of mine. And, and when that happened, it, it, does that change your perception of, of these folks? And, Thank you. No, I can't blame a guy for uh, at that point after 20 plus years cashing in or you know growing their business to the extent where they they're gonna they're gonna be able to take care of their their families forever. Well, I think and that's gonna be a big issue in the industry, is it not? Over the years, guys that start their kids don't you know like like the restaurant business. You know the you know kids sometimes kids don't want to work that hard. Right. And and you know. Uh, Brewer X is thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to leave this to my son or my daughter, and they're really going to be interested in moving on with it. And they don't want, again, they don't want to work that hard. They'd yeah. rather be a lawyer or, or, or a, well, or a our kids, whatever it, it is, you know, a videographer point, or <laughs> right. radio personality. Or, if it gets to that point, our kids will have a very good idea of what it takes to run this business because they've seen it from the start. And all summer long they see it. They're, they're either here working with us or... Hanging out, sometimes they're punished by having to hang out here. Oh, you know, <laughs> spring break, what are we doing? They're brewing today. <laughs> you know, so they'll, they'll have a real strong idea. And, you know, I think all of our kids are too young at this point to even, for any, any of us to consider that. But I hope it's something we have to consider at some point. It makes me feel great to hear that it's, it's a family business and you guys have the, you know, have the kids in here and, and aren't, aren't, you know, aren't afraid to, to share it with them. Um, you know, we just heard from the Rouses down at Braxton. That was a that was a family yeah. that was a family business right from you know right Absolutely. from the start. Yeah. And 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 uh, it's so cool to hear that you know. And, and it seems to be an ongoing theme. At least I hope it is in this business. Right. Um, I don't want to ask that question. I was going to ask a question. Now maybe when well, we're done here. Now you have to. Well, I mean, I we just... don't want to answer it. We won't answer. Go ahead, throw it out there. We'll make something. I mean, yeah, are you make something up? If you so, want. so then it, it would be it would be wrong. Would it be wrong for me to assume that you guys think there are some people getting into this now for the wrong reasons? Well, I, I was almost going to touch on why we got into it, and not to say. I, you know, who knows why other people are doing it. We didn't go in it to necessarily say, hey, beer's so awesome right now, you can make money off of this. We wanted to, we wanted to work at something that we liked. Um, if it goes somewhere further than this, great, but we're not, 
I mean, our heart is not chasing money. Right. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, and you're not running away from making money, but you're not just doing this to rake in as much as you but, can. But I don't think that anybody starts a brewery not to make money. Everybody needs to make some money. Sure. Like that's, I don't care if the biggest brewery opens in Cincinnati and is doing it to make millions of dollars. If they put a good brewery in Cincinnati and are making make good money. beer... It, what does it matter? I, people get, you know, and I, I think we've talked about that on the show too before with what would happen if, you know, Anheuser-Busch opened some little, you know, tap room in Cincinnati and we, we started to get on a really good topic there because what is the problem with that? If they're making beer that people like to drink and if it's good, let it go. Mm-hmm. I don't see any problem with that. I mean, I, um, I mean clearly you look around here and this is business. nothing but a money-making venture. It's a business here. we want to make money, but <laughs> I think yeah. we're, we're also... I was being, being a little yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> <Sure. I> mean, <laughs> we're, we're afforded, I guess, the way the, the small startup that we did, we're, we're able to go at a slower pace and make sure that we understand what we're doing before we you know, get too deep in the water, so to speak. So it's kind of... And I think that ties in with the not chasing money. I mean, sure, we could have... Uh, you know that phrase like we could have said hey we need you know this many hundreds of thousands to do this can you you over there give it to me will you put it over here but we decided no we'd rather you know do our start small enough that we could be the only ones putting our neck on the line and then let it go from there and see where it grows I mean and of course yeah I mean we we don't want to be giving away beer. So. Right. <laughs> and, and further to your point, like I, I think people are, breweries are popping up not only because they can make money, but because the, the community is supporting it. I mean, there's 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 no way all of these breweries could could start up and maintain success if the support wasn't there. So in that same sense, if that that market share is there and it's something you, you love to do or it's how you choose to make your living, not sure. I think I think the success of it has something to do with people starting these breweries. It's uh, and again when I when I spoke to Brett uh, last week from Urban Artifact uh, and not not just him but everybody rouses. Uh, Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel. All those guys talk about the fact that it, that it's 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 a neighborhood thing, it's a community thing, it's the return of the neighborhood bar. I mean, you know, I know my dad and I know I did had sort of a and maybe not even a neighborhood bar, but just a friendly place that you went and you could get a drink and you know you knew a lot of the people and you knew the people who were serving you and and and. Um, and so that brings me around to the question that we've asked and been asked. It's about a, it's about a bubble in the business. And I think as long as as you have unique places mm-hmm. with uh, even a family orientation, with a neighborhood feel, and, and that that I don't think there can ever I don't think there can ever be a bubble. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like when it bursts, what will it look like? I guess like people who say there's a bubble will will like all of a sudden people won't want to drink beer or <laughs> <laughs> or they won't want to drink those types of beers. But I, I think the the saturation point is so far away. 
from what we are now, and especially with smaller. Now we're we're an absolutely minuscule, tiny brewery. So you know, Nine Giant starting with a five, and you know, even guys like Taft and, and a ten. There, there's no way they can make enough beer. As a, we, as a conglomerate of brewers, can make enough beer to saturate this market. I, I don't think it would get to a point where there's, there's just too much. I was at Braxton last Tuesday. They were out of beer. Yeah. Scott <laughs> Lafaletta over at Blank Slate. He runs out of beer a lot yeah. and just cannot keep up with the demand. Mount Carmel, as long as they've been in the business and as big as, and as quote unquote big as they are, have trouble keeping up with their both mm-hmm. their store accounts and their tap room yeah. requirements. So, you guys might be able to speak to trying to keep up with demand, you know, yeah, better yeah. than anybody. Yeah. We're familiar with running you know, beers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. number two. <laughs> Jesse Folk was the one that wrote an article yesterday. I mean, I don't know when people are listening to this, but you know, about this, the, the bubble and, and and is there a bubble and does that exist? And he was down at uh, at Braxton on Friday talking to them, and they said their tanks have not been empty since they started brewing for more than an hour. And that was the hour to clean the tanks out. Like, it's just, it's constant making beer. Like, that that speaks to me more than anything else can, that we're not even close to being at saturation for the market. If you're making good stuff, people will get it. Now, if, if everybody is making... The same style of beer, yeah, you you might yeah. have an issue there, but now look this is good Cincinnati. stuff. What did we we were, <laughs> we were presented with a snifter of the single hop. Oh, this is, oh yes, yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> it's the best one we that we've been we've been yeah. offered so far, yeah, and um, it's it's so it's Nelson hop. Yeah, Nelson Savannah hop. Uh-huh. Um, it's a New Zealand hop that. Is named that because it takes on characteristics of the Sauvignon Blanc grape. So you get a lot of wine, white wine type notes out of this beer. As soon as somebody says that, that's exciting. You know, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Man, it's delicious. Thank you. It's really good. Thank you very much. It's our um, pleasure. What, what is there that's being brewed and tapped around town that you guys like? Um, there's not a lot I don't like. Or do you not? <laughs> and do you get the opportunity to go around and even tr- try? If Probably you not as much as I'd like. I know personally, you know, again, we each have three children. So when we leave here, it's there's home time. Practice, homework. Yeah, we're both mm-hmm. coaches. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, we did have an opportunity um, for, um, with the Brewers' Night done at Taps. And I, I, I loved everything I had down there. Um, we just tried the uh, vehicular hop aside from 50 this morning. Uh, Eric, our assistant, brought it back from last night. It was, it was tremendous beer. It's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to try I, everything. I mean, like, yeah. let's see. So I like everything that, that Scott makes, except I'm allergic to mushrooms. So he, yeah. can, he, can, he can keep the shroominess for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of the uh, Fork in the Road, the Lesser Path, and the uh, those and and. Again, and we've talked about it, and we talked about it because in the last show we got a, a nutcase with raspberry jam. And if you can make a beer taste like something else, I, I think that's an incredible talent. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, bringing back a memory or, you know, eat, eat, eating a s'more or having an opera cream cake or having a yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's just amazing. It's really – and 
I'm not going to sit down and, and say, "Give me a peanut butter and raspberry right. jam." You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. And I'm not going to sit there. And if I do get the chance to have some, I'm not going to have three or four of them. You know, like I would this the the single hop Nelson that, yeah. that I'm holding in my hand. But just the fact that people try to do that and make it happen is incredible. Uh, I don't want to leave anybody out for sure. I, I like everything I've had, but I do want to mention one beer in particular, the uh, the Imperial Russian Stout that is made at Paradise Brewing, real tiny operation. It is it is outstanding, and if any of the people who are listening get a chance to have it this fall or winter, mm-hmm. get on it. it it's it's, it's awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on... I would I, I would like to get them on because they're they're in, they're in my neighborhood too because I live I live I live I live if this is my house Mount Carmel's right here he lives okay. in I Mount mean, Carmel's I basement walk down I can't I don't know this it, it has been every once in a while I can literally walk down the street and so they're on Beachmont yeah. Avenue about sure. the two, yeah. two, yeah. two and, and a half miles from me and that's so, that's uh, another one of those breweries that you know they're they're a smaller brewery than yeah. you guys are yeah, <laughs> but and they get left, they get <laughs> they get left out of what cincinnati is and they're a very important part in this yeah. whole beer scene and that's and i, I think see they would be available they'll, they'll be on at stark beer fest yeah uh, i mean they were not able to participate this year based on you know due to volume and all that we appreciate the invite jason thank you but uh <laughs> paradise would be there so you folks that haven't had a chance to try those guys get, get out there and give them a shot and i did I did print that out. I don't know what I did with it. Oh, you've got it. Uh, I did print the list out, and I we did say mention we were going to talk about Stark Beer Fest a little bit, and uh, it says, let's see, uh, the All-American IPA and the Red-Headed Stepchild Irish Red yep. is what they're going to have on uh, from Paradise. And, yep. uh, the All-American and, uh, IPA is pretty yeah. solid. It's very good beer. Yeah. I can't believe I haven't been there. Yeah. And that's, but that's that's what everybody says. What you is know, wrong with me? I hear people. What kind of, what kind live, of a crap your journalist am I? I live fairly close here to Dogberry, and you talk to people every day, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's that place right over there. I haven't been there yet. I'm like, Why haven't you been there? Like that's like just drive over. I got a spot in the parking lot. I got one of the eight spaces in the parking lot. <laughs> it's. This is what Cincinnati needs: is places like this and places like Paradise. You know, you know Fibonacci is getting ready to open up. Yeah. You need these. You need these small neighborhood breweries that you walk in and they're they know your name. It's you know. It, this is Fibonacci, what the, by the way, I'm going to go over there on Wednesday and have a talk with with those fine people. They're they're wonderful. Yeah, they're nice people. Uh, so, so we've got some shows building up. We got some things that we got on the, on the, on the back burner, that, uh, and, and uh, hopefully everybody will be able to give us a listen. Uh, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, Mike Cisneros, along with the Gnarly Gnome and uh, Chris. Fre- uh, Chris, uh, I can't even say Chris Freedy and Tony Meyer from Dogberry. Yeah, you guys are what 10, 15 years younger than me. When the, when the eyesight is the first thing that goes. Well, I've got I'm my 2020s right. in here. <laughs> <laughs> Contacts cover that for me. Uh, we, we've touched on it a little bit, but but I mean, what kind of goals do you guys have? Is it just to just to kind of keep going what you're doing and, and, and be a be a provider of delicious craft beer to the neighborhood? That's or? goal number one. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I love the idea that you were talking about when we talked about neighborhood brewery, a model that that we like. Uh, 
something that I, I found out in the Ballard neighborhood of Seattle, where there's breweries our size to about 10 barrels. There are 10 of those, 12 of those now in a two square mile area, and it's and it's great. Love the, the small feel. So, not to say that growth isn't isn't a potential or isn't an option, but I don't think either of us ever see this brewery becoming a monster. So we don't have that goal. We don't intend to knock the world over with, with it. We just want to keep making the beers. The way we like uh, uh, distribution at all? I mean, that's what I was there. Right. Are you bringing up the distribution question? <laughs> yeah, uh, we get asked all the time. <laughs> I think our when you said the goal, our goal. Like weekly, I think our goal is to set our major goals. I, I think the way we're going right now is working pretty well, um, but I know we've talked about putting, if you want to call it a volume on it or a, a projection. We, we haven't necessarily done that, but you know, I mean, I, like he, like Tony said, we're we're not going to try to take over the world anytime soon. I mean, we're we like what we have here. And, um, so people with MBAs everywhere yes. shaking their head now. <laughs> oh, no, that's not a solid business plan. It, it's a little more in-depth than that. Yeah, I mean. We don't have plans to take over well, the world. Well, there's people all over the country that have MBAs that are starting breweries, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And PhDs and, and, and master's degrees in chemical engineering and, and biological science and you know, so no, no, no liberal arts majors in there like me because I don't have the patience to write all the stuff down and take all the notes that a, that, a, that a real brewer has, you know, has to has to take down to make sure that they make the beer the same every time. Um, yeah, I think time, time, uh, personal timing plays a little bit into the how fast we'll grow too. I mean, uh, kids get a little older, and uh, yeah, that's true. It's part of it. Uh, we have some we have some commitments in place or, or some potential commitments, maybe some plan yeah. nights or you know, tasty nights out at certain restaurants and uh, we've committed to an arts event uh, at Green Acres Farm in Indian Hill in in October. So we'll be there with a handful of the other local brewers. I don't want to. I know who they are, but in case they haven't announced anything yet, we don't. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Some, it's, it'll be a solid lineup of, of good local beer and uh, <laughs> We're both taking we gotta, notes. We write it down. <laughs> I don't think distribution will be out of the question, but it probably won't be very large scale. No, no, not large scale. That's, so, not, that's not something we set out to really worry about right off the bat. Right. We want to we keep. We love the fact that folks can come in here and talk to the guys that made it. You know, that's neat. Well, that's. I mean, to me, and probably to you too, Noam. That's the best. I think that's the best thing about about it. I mean, even at the finest restaurants, unless you're really lucky, you don't you know you don't get the chance to go back and talk to the chef. You know, you don't get the chance to talk to the cooks. And maybe maybe the chef will come out every once in a while and ask you how your dinner was, and and, and, and that can be a real thrill when you go to a, a really nice restaurant. Uh, but uh, but at the, at the breweries, you can generally meet. Mm-hmm. The person who made what you're putting in your mm-hmm. in your stomach and in your mouth. The and thing I think that's that's, a, that's such a big thing. The thing that's so special to me about beer is that you. I mean, it's it's not rocket science to make beer. Right. Anybody can make beer that's drinkable and is is pretty good. It's, you know. You never it drank just, any of my homebrew. <laughs> 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 but I did it years ago. But you know, like I've I've made some homebrew that was not the best stuff in the world, but it still tasted pretty good to me because I made it. You know, and that's it's it's not going to hurt you. It's beer, like it's you know. And I think that's that sets this apart from everything else. So you can go in and talk to the brewer, and they started at that same place that you did. Like, oh yeah, 
go get an extract kit and just do it. Just just yeah. just sit around in the kitchen and make the beer. And you know, it might turn out okay and it might turn out really good. You just you don't know. And it's yeah, just 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 do it. It's it's yeah. that's one of our slogans, uh whatever was said before. Just do it. I think that's well, it. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work is what we say. Right. Like, yeah. like, uh, from homebrewing to build it, like remodeling the inside of this, it's like, how, are we going to be able to do this? Ah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's part of the beauty, I think, of being so small. We can't necessarily get a hold of a particular ingredient. We make the most of it. We'll get the best stuff we can and make the best beer we can with it. We don't have huge contracts and we're not guaranteed certain mm. strains of hops all the time. So, you know, if your favorite beer changes, just know that we're doing the best we can with what we can get. Well, and, and, go ahead. I mean, it's just, no, it's just, they're, that's part of what makes it fun. That's, you know, like, with a neighborhood brew like this, you, I can walk in and I don't know what's on tap. You know, there's a couple, you know, standards that are here every time or close to it, but there's, you know, yeah, there, there could be something that you've never realized was even coming that is just right up there on the board. It's, it makes it fun. And and not to wear out the metaphor, but back to the to the cooking and the chefs. The, the great chefs do that. They cook with what they can get. They yeah. cook with what's in season. They cook with what's available. They go to the farmer's market and they pick what looks best. And it sounds to me... That that's what you guys try to do. You get Absolutely. you get what you can get, and you, and you and you you go with that. Yeah, and make and no it, mistake. Most of it is very consistent. Uh, oh yeah, means, sure. By all means, it's we're, we're doing we're doing everything the same way, ninety nine percent of the time. There's that instance where if we said, well, what do, can we do it? Yeah, we, we can do it. We'll, we'll make we'll make the most out of anything that, that we can. Um, we build all this stuff out. Chris is the is the handyman of the group. We tore this place out and did it all on our own. We had no idea what the finished product would be, but we think it turned out great. Yeah. You know? A lot of help from friends and family. Oh, and yeah, we couldn't have done it without work. family and yeah, friends. And <laughs> Late nights, and there was one night we had, I think it was my brothers were in here, at Colch that you're now currently a fan of. We, we whacked the whole five-gallon can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were no destroying this place. No wonder you were in here all night. <laughs> Sledgehammers and a keg of sledgehammers <laughs> and a, a five-gallon of a, five gallons of colch. Excellent, excellent. Um, no, I mean, anything else? I mean, I, you know, I. I think this is this has captured exactly what this brewery is. Um, I, you can write about it as much as you want until you come in here and just mm. just really really see it and, and you know see all the people that walk in and you can tell that they're they're regulars and they this is their this is their home way from uh-huh. home exactly and what i like i mean look you know we've only been doing this is the fourth time we've done this uh, but what i like about this format is that we get to hear what you had to say you know and more people will either be interested and come and want to talk to you personally like they can here. But at the very least, if you know, if they come and you're not here, well, at least they'll have heard your voice and they've heard what you, you know, how you guys are and what you're, what you're about. And, again, that's something that I don't think an article can, can do justice is to actually hear the yeah, people that, I, uh, yeah, sometimes that, you read an article that do like, the work. Should I say that? Or? No offense. <laughs> no offense, no. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's, he's I'm in a separate writer. category. <laughs> Not yours, no. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, gnarly gnomes. Uh, 
is awesome. So he's a great blogger. Well, yeah, we'll thank you. That out there. It's been great thank to you. us. That's yeah. why that's you know that's and and when he said that you know he had had a relationship with you guys and there was a chance that we could come over and do this, yeah. we're like yeah, absolutely you know and and and, and uh, I know the people that couldn't be here today are disappointed they couldn't mm. be here because because they really wanted it. Tina, my daughter, who does oh, the yeah. show with us and co-hosts. Uh, she she was really looking forward to come out here, uh, but she got a new job. She had to work today. Yeah. So you can you, you can know. bring her a growler. Home. Well, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll hook her up. So, uh, so um, a couple of things, other things we were going to talk about uh, that I uh, had, had discussed is is uh, and you guys I guess had the chance to go to Taft. Then you were mentioning right. that, yeah. and I had the chance to go last well, Tuesday. I feel and, so left out right now. <laughs> But I thought you went. I have oh not no, been that's there right. Yet. But you got you got to do something. You got to do you got to have something that I have not yet had, and that's the uh, Dead Blow Tropical Stout at Braxton. Yes. So you can tell us about that, and then I can tell you about my fun time that I had at Penn. <laughs> I'll keep mine short. Dead Blow um, is one of the few stouts that I've found around town that you can drink in the middle of summer. It can. It's going to be. 100 degrees outside, and you can sit there with a glass of this, and it's going to work perfect. It's um, it's got that, that fruity sweetness that sits right right at the back of your tongue after you finish it. Just it's it's awesome. It's and maybe you guys can uh, weigh in on this, but when uh, one of the most popular styles, if you've read Michael Jackson's book, probably the most popular style of you know. It, in a beer in a lot of the hot country of the hotter countries africa uh you know central asia uh, uh latin america uh, south america are uh, are the stouts uh the guinness export stout i suppose was one of the guinness open breweries you know all over africa <laughs> what is the reason for that sort of that that's that that the fact that that kind of style is so popular in it. I think it's kind of interesting because our style, the Natalie's Nightcap, is, I think that's a beer that people are going to drink all year round. In fact, we had a bunch of people asking yesterday. We, we blew it yesterday. It'll be back available next week. But it's it's very dry and a lot like if you, you're referring to Guinness. The, the Guinness exports are real, real dry beer, real light-bodied beer, regardless mm-hmm. of what, what the beer looks like. And, Ours comes in at 5.8%, flavorful, a little bit of roast, but not over overpowering. It's just a good, light, flavorful beer. It sounds kind of funny to say light about stuff, but it's a real nice, easy drinking beer. Which I'm going to have our, one of our guys, or I'll go get them. I'll get us each a little sample of our bourbon uh, stuff. She was in a, done in a gym beam. They've, okay. got a, they've got a barrel program here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, barrel program. <laughs> you, can take, you can take that camera back and show them the entire I think I've barrel. got a picture on, uh, yeah. on my Twitter of it. It's a... Uh, <laughs> There's a barrel. <laughs> I hear. I hear. I hear they're very, very difficult to come by. Apparently, because of the popularity. Yeah, uh, it's about I heard forming a, relationships. I, I, I think at this point. I, I heard a story of, of one that was brought from northern Ohio to a local brewery that was uh, that was you know, hey, we got one laying around. We're not using. We'd be happy to bring it down to you. Yeah. But calling 
X distillery and X Cooperage and so forth. They just couldn't get, couldn't come up with anything. One of our customers who was looking into them that a short, a small order would be 110 barrels. So I think I think it's just the bigger distilleries are moving them in bulk. Mm-hmm. And it was that same customer that provided us with this barrel. He not hijacked, but kind of stopped Metaguy between Tennessee and Indianapolis. <laughs> I think they were headed for Sun King, actually. <laughs> he, he met him somewhere over there on, on I-74 and bought two barrels off of him and brought one to us. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Excellent. That, and, and that's the kind of cool story, because the other story that I heard was a very cool story about, you know, brewers helping one another out and people finding stuff for their friends, getting, getting them something and, 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 and that type of thing. So I think that's a really cool uh you know, that's a pretty cool story too. That's yeah, a good, really cool part of the of the of the of the of the craft beer I th- industry. I think it was um, was it Old Firehouse that um, was brewing something with rye, and they ran out of a, a sack of rye and had to get a get in and had to right. And somebody local right. stepped up yes. to you know, yeah. it's just it, it's fun seeing people work together like that. Like, there's not a whole lot of industries around where people are. Everybody's um, been great so, so, so far. Even, closely, you know, uh, friendly conversations. Uh, it, it's strange to think that people that think are in competition are so nice to each other, but really it is like a real laid-back industry. Yeah, and again, because a lot of it's done with family, a lot of it's done with you know their you know the neighborhood in mind, and and, and uh, everybody knows. I mean, everybody had those struggles, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, even the guys that are the biggest guys on the block right now started somewhere. Still stress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, I got to go to Taft, and you guys got to go to Taft, and I got to try three of the beers uh, while I was there. That was the um, Gavel Banger. Uh, IPA, which I thought was about as good of IPA really as that I've had in a long time. It's very good. Uh, I had the Mosaic Lager, which 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 knocked me out. All Mosaic hop, but has that had that malt backbone that you expect from a lager. What I what I wrote in my Untapped uh, review was uh, was the malt backbone, but the uh, hop character, the mosaic yeah. hop character, that makes you realize it's not your dad's lager, right? You yeah. know, and, oh, yeah. and uh, but then the pilsner, which I mean, love pilsners, and I was thinking of you when Tina went to Athens yesterday and went to Jackie O's I saw and, got a, and got a uh, got a half growler of Pilsaz, which is probably one of the best pilsner domestic pilsners I've ever had and I I get why I get why Taft is doing a pilsner like that but I, 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 I I've had that beer before and I don't want it anymore so but you know it's good I just don't it's 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 adjuncty and it just doesn't it doesn't it, it you know I was you know I mean you don't have to say anything I'm just saying because it was my visit it was well done yeah well done, like but not my, not my style. Right. Uh, 
so that's what I had. The other weird thing that, that they were unwrapping chairs still for their upper, for their upper deck that they have in there. And uh, I asked the bartender, and he said, "Oh yeah, you know." He said, uh, "Yeah, we didn't we didn't have those in time for yesterday." And I said, "Well, that was a blessing because you had you know hundreds of people in here. It was opening day. It would the day before it was opening day, and they, they, nobody would have wanted to be standing around trying to sit, you know, trying to get in a chair." You know, so, and then the other weird thing that is they could, they, they're not filling they're not filling growlers right now. We can be, sympathize with that. And because of the uh, ceiling law. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I was that was, I thought it was pretty strange too. They said that they did not have the apparatus that they were going to need to seal the growlers. Oh, the seal. And, okay, yes, I got you. yes. Yeah, I was thinking ceiling. Okay. Oh no, 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 no seal. Like a, a cap. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh That's, no. I, no. What what is what is the I was just told that if that if they didn't seal it with something that it was considered an open container. Right. We, we use laboratory yeah. parafilm. You guys you but I can go to Jungle Gyms. Right. Same county you guys are in. They put a same state. Of, uh, they just it's a sticker. Right. right. Like yeah. what it so they couldn't fill a growler because they didn't Well, I wonder if I, they were <laughs> the, the thing that Eight Ball has where it, it heat seals it. Right. Yeah, I mean that's but what is what is the actual the rule difference? on that? What well, is a had, sealed container? I, the, the growler I wanted to get filled was my Braxton Muir growler, which I'm still trying to pay for, by the way. <laughs> so I'm down to I'm down to fifty three dollars, fifty two dollars, rather. So, I'm telling you that baby's going to pay for itself one of these days. <laughs> um, we discussed Mount Carmel before uh, about uh, you know close to where I live and. If there is a home brewery for Cincy Brewcast, it's got to be Mount Carmel because I, I damn near live up there. Uh, but an old friend returned the other night. I happened to be there Friday night. Now, I have to apologize. I want to apologize right here to uh, Mike Dewey and Kathleen Dewey. I put out on Twitter that on Friday they were going to be tapping a white IPA. And... They did not do it. I apologize to anybody who went over there based on my recommendation. I understand, and I was told this by the bar staff, that the that the white IPA that they're brewing is actually, many of you probably know out there that Mount Carmel does the house beers for Dewey's Pizza. And the white IPA is going to be a Dewey's Pizza brand. And... They were. They cannot tap at the tap room anything that's Dewey's unless it goes to Dewey's Pizza first. So I was told that on or around the 20th of April is when the White IPA will make its debut at the Dewey's Pizza locations, and then soon after that, I'm sure there will be it will come online in the Mount Carmel tap room. Um, Still, you can't go wrong if you go down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they need to they need to watch how they're tweeting stuff then too. Well, I'll, I'll throw the, it out. There. Well, there was a yeah, there was I, another tweet. He, he, not my not my he, tweet either, but there was another tweet. He, you know, you know, so, whoever runs their Twitter, and I'm not going to name anybody, but tweeted out that they had this white IPA, and I respond, oh, when's that going to be on tap? And we never heard an answer. And people, when you tweet out that you've got a white white IPA coming, and that you've got a beer that's previously been on tap that's leaving you can expect that the, the beer you just tweeted out is going to be that one that replaces it the good news is that while they did not have the white the white IPA which is coming soon they did free up a tap 
and were able to tap the original Mount Carmel IPA, which they have not had in at least eight months, probably closer to a year, ever since they really started ramping up the production on their in, uh, the, on the Imperial IPA, which is fantastic, as everybody everybody knows, uh, and and, uh, and and I, I got it, oh I got a shot at the white IPA, yeah. I got a drink of it, and it is fantastic. I can't wait to try it. It is really really delicious. It's just nice and clean, just a little tiny bit of the little tiny bit of the hop, and uh, and, and, and 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 but just real clean and, and creamy. You know, so it's very exciting that, they, that, that that's going to come out, and it was also very excited to welcome back the old friend, the IPA, uh, the regular Mount Carmel IPA. So, there you go. The double or the regular? The regular. The regular. The regular. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard if they'll make a black IPA again? That Obsidian was. It was what two February ago. Have I have I heard or have you requested? <laughs> We're requesting it. Well, if you if, if you've listened to if you've listened to um, if you've listened to Cincy Brewcast, you'll you'll know that uh, I had a uh, extensive interview with Mike Dewey uh, a couple of weeks ago that we aired that we put on the podcast, and uh, they are considering they're going through an expansion, and they are considering uh, revisiting a lot of their snapshot beers, including the Obsidian. However, I was told that the first one that was going to come online in the um, in the new expansion and that was going to be bottled was the Ardent, yeah, from last year, uh, which was very, very, very well received as well. Yes. Now, you said something about black IPA, and I and I say that I have heard. Okay. Something. Well, that puts a smile on these <laughs> two right. brewers' face right now. I don't know if it's going to be exactly like the Obsidian, but I am hearing that there's okay. that, okay. that, that if there's a white IPA, then you have to that the, the, the black and a red is to follow. Yeah. Sure. So, Good. and uh, well, here is the uh, and and. Um, Gnome had a gnome had to see a man about a horse. But here's the uh, here's the bourbon, bourbon barrel aged stout, which is your regular stout. Here he comes. It was just slightly kissed in, in a Jim Beam barrel. Hardly aged at all. <laughs> now see, it's all relative. Yeah. There's so many of the there's so many of the of the of the bourbon barrel stouts out there that want to just taste for some reason like bourbon and this has just that little vanilla and the little the little scent of it but but hardly really hardly a, a, a the real heavy taste of, of liquor in it yeah. but I got coffee and a little smoke and uh, a little vanilla too from the from the bourbon barrel and it is terrific as it warms up, the chocolate really enhances. And if you are drinking it out of the snifter, mm-hmm. the, the, the nose is a lot more pronounced. Especially as it warms up, but we get a little more nose out of the snifter, and, and as it warms, it's really a lot more condensed. Oh. Nobody's ever spilled beer in here before. <laughs> <laughs> these picnic tables still look a little That's too That's why these napkins are here. <laughs> That's why we're friend, uh, wonderfully provided with these wonderful maps. Um, I didn't get to read it. Did you read the article, the story? It's on my it's on my tablet here about the beer, the beer tax. Mm-mm. 
a no, new, I seen uh, the excise tax law. Uh, the excise tax law. The small law, brewers yes. act. The small the, brew act. The fair beer act. Is that what they're? That's what they're. Uh, I think the small brew act. I think is the one that's actually uh, industry friendly for smaller brewers. The fair beer act is, and I may I may have them mixed up, but I don't believe I do. The fair beer act is actually sponsored by big industry lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds sounds like something like would Yeah. What Essentially, it would, yeah. it would it would eliminate our excise tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I think. Again, I could be wrong. I think up to sixty thousand barrels. The first sixty thousand barrels would be excise tax free, of course, for small. That came out. We read that about a month ago. Yeah. So let me do the math. You guys will be good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just two hundred or so a year. Yeah. And then, and, then the, and then the fair beer one, which is the. Are you serious? Uh, <laughs> We're just watching the Reds game in here, and that's something you can do at Dogberry. It will be on the dirty. The dirty birds just tied it up. So. Um, and then the Fair Beer Act would then be less tax to the to the big brewers and more tax to the up to a certain uh, number of barrelage. They get a reduced rate, and still. They, they claim it's small brewer friendly by reducing the uh, excise tax rate. I, again, I, I would have to read the legislation to really understand it, but what I know is that, one, the Fair Beer Act is industry favorite, and big industry favorite, and the, the, small, the small brew act is what is going to help us, like us and, and even much bigger. All, all the local breweries, I believe, would benefit from that. Government is really having to play catch-up, aren't they, with the craft beer industry. I mean, we had the, uh, you guys fortunately weren't, weren't a part of that, but the brewers, and we've talked about it on the program before, but the brewers in Cincinnati were really uh, kind of stepping and fetching when they got the bill from the municipal sewer district. Yeah, for <laughs> right. Unfortunately, we didn't have that scare. Um, um, which I considered to be just a money grab from sure. the from the uh, MSD but uh, they're really having to play catch up I mean uh, I think in all ways not not necessarily just what can they get out of it but just to have laws in place that make sense for people that want to run businesses and, and including really small businesses like us you know the, the law that Kasich brought in that allows the tap room to function here that's tremendous you know this place would never exist if it weren't for that law, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of the other places are, are in that. In that look at boat. look at the city before and after yeah, the law. Yeah, no, it's, Scott it's got changed. Scott it. got going before that the taproom law was in place, but I think that's that's something where Ohio maybe has taken a step ahead of some of the other states. Uh, federally, we can't really speak too much to it because we're not we're not really affected by by much there. Seven dollars excise tax per barrel. It does like fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it doesn't kill us. Cincinnati the next great craft beer destination. Oh, yeah. Your opinions on that? Already is. I'll speak to that one. That <laughs> I hope so. Is. Yeah, yeah. Now, see, we're here and we get a chance to enjoy it all the time. I, I, I like going places. I like, yeah. I like going else. Chris just came back from San Diego. Yeah, I, I went there and great beer, but they felt kind of um, like I didn't. We didn't go to their original facility. Like we went to where they made s- small batches, but they were in like the suburbs. Talking about Ballast Point. Yeah, yeah. Ballast Point. Well, that was. That, I think that was their big production. But we went to Ale Smith, and um, well, I went to Mission Brewery also, which was pretty cool. I mean, that was all made there. But um, 
I think the the other person on the brewery tour with me was looking for something more like, if you want to call it organic or just like hands on the everything that's going on like we are. Because I was telling him all about that, and he was actually from the United Kingdom, and uh, one of his friends has a ten barrel system over there. So it's it's going on around the world too. But I I think people I don't know if it'll be a destination, but I think people will really like what they see here beer wise. I mean, um, it it can be a destination. It can be if it's done right. Yeah. If um, if everybody lets it be that. Yeah. You know, even I think it already there, is. Are there people I think to stop it, it though? Is I, that, or I, do you mean? I mean, we again, not to talk too much about Mount Carmel, but I was up there the other night, and there were um, three young men that came in, said they were from the Buffalo, New York area, who were going to a music festival in Nashville, and looked online and said, "What you know? What's in our? What's going to be in our path?" And stopped at Mount Carmel. They were going to go to 50 West, and then our the bartender, who's another member of the Cincy Brewcast team, Scott Lau, yeah. sent them a. Uh, you know Scott? I, mean, I, well, you know Scott, we, I met Scott last yeah. time. Was so so uh, uh, gave them uh, a few breweries down the road in Lexington and so forth. It was going to be on their way, and so when 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 three young guys from. New York decide they're going to stop in your place, you know, for whatever reason because they're passing through. I think that's a, I think that's huge. I mean, I think it's gigantic. Well, we're doing our part, right? We had, a, we had a growler in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. Made it to one of Chris's family members, and then one of our customers uh, has a son in New York City. Took a uh, growler of our Black IPA to Manhattan last week. So I think you guys have had some down in Charlotte too. For, oh yeah. For me, for sure. <laughs> So yeah, we can try to. Hopefully, the word gets out there that all these great beers are here, and, and if people don't come just for the beer, hopefully they find it when they get here, for whatever reason. They're here. I can't get enough of this bourbon barrel style. <laughs> mine's gone already. Mine's, mine's gone. Mine was gone so I could finish my uh, single hop Nelson because this. I think we have a little bit more of everything, so this is going to be okay. <laughs> Well, that's one of the and, things. And now you're out of that. Well, that's one of the things. <laughs> it's one of the things I've been told that people like about the program is that we actually drink on on, on here, and they can, they can hear the glasses clinking and so forth. So, um, gentlemen, I, you know, I think we've covered the gamut. I think we've had a very good uh, hour and almost 15 minutes with you guys. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you uh, want to? Stress or shay or, or uh, just come see us. Try yeah, don't, I, be, don't, I, don't be shy. Absolutely, and the location once again is seven eight six five Cincinnati Dayton Road, just south of Tylersville Road on Cincinnati. Dayton. Seven eight six five Cincinnati Dayton Road, just south just south of Tylersville, about about three and a half minutes from the uh, exit, the Cincinnati Dayton Road yeah, exit on I-75. Yeah, I mean, right off the highway, so yeah. you can't have a, uh, you know, you really can't have a much better location than that if you're coming from Dayton or or going north uh, from from the Cincinnati area. It's a nice little drive. It's a nice little trip. If you go the back way, uh, even, the, you know, uh, if you're out at Kings Island, you can go the back way, come down Tylersville and, and get on the, uh, so, uh, so. Uh, oh, we're thankful for you guys coming out. And, and again, and and again, all, always pretty much 10, 10, 10 plus on tap. Yeah, we have 10, 10 holes in the wall, and every weekend they're, they're pouring beer, and uh, 
this weekend and last weekend, we started at 12. We served the Cedar Age DTR, which is now gone, and the Bourbon Stout, we, we bring out at a different temperature and serve it right before the Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We'd like to do our... Go ahead. No, I appreciate it. Just thank, uh, thank you. We'd like to uh, do a little bit of our... Uh, housekeeping uh, we are available at uh, the website is up the website is www.cincybrewcast.com we've got links to our current and previous shows we've also got the gnarly gnome linked on the www.cincybrewcast.com website uh, follow the gnome follow the gnome <laughs> at the, the gnarly gnome the gnarly gnome or the gnarly gnome.com and that's it. And that's on Twitter. You can follow Cincy Brewcast on Twitter at Cincy Brewcast, C I N C Y B R E W C A S T. Uh, we have our Facebook fan page and also our regular fan page that are both Cincy Brewcast and uh, Instagram as well, uh, which we haven't really done much with, so we apologize <laughs> for that. And now, once again, let me stress that uh, we were live uh, for this episode on Periscope, which is available on the Apple App Apple Store. App Store. Uh, and if we get a good response and we get feel like it was a good effort, we will start uh, promoting to everybody uh, that when, if and when, we will be doing those, uh, those shows on Periscope. So with that, again, we'd like to thank uh, Chris Freedy and Tony Meyer from Dogberry Brewing. Thank you for the hospitality, gentlemen. No, we will see you next week. And next week, we will be having again almost a, a almost a full show, if not a full show, with the guys from Urban Artifact Brewing. Uh, Brett Coleman Baker was nice enough to sit down along with Josh Elliott and uh, have an extensive conversation with me last week. We will be playing that uh, in, on next week's show. Uh, they are also very kind enough to uh, supply us with uh, the Harrow Goza, which uh, uh, and then also next. Monday, uh, the 20th, I'm slated to go over there and grab a growler of each of their other two beers, and we will be tasting those uh, on the program next week, as well as bringing the interview uh, with the guys from Urban Artifact. So, once again, thank you for listening. For the Gnarly Gnome, this is Mike Cisneros, giving Cincy Craft a voice. You've been listening to Cincy Brewcast.